93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Glad that you have joined us uh, on this weekend. Uh, we are very pleased to welcome uh, to uh, the Eagle Studios uh, the City Manager of Columbia, Mr. DeCarlin Seawood. Uh, DeCarlin, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Uh, you have been on the job now for a little bit over three months. Is that right? That is correct. All right. And so the honeymoon is still going on, right? Can yes. you tell? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> we'll see how, how quickly that ends for you. But it is... Uh, uh, for our listeners that don't know a lot about your background, tell people kind of where you grew up, uh, where you went to school, and, and how you ended up in Columbia, Missouri. Sure. Uh, so I was born in East St. Louis, Illinois. Okay. Uh, so around 12, we moved to Kansas City. So I grew up in the Grandview area. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, for undergrad, I went to Rockhurst College. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, nothing beats a Jesuit education. <laughs> I bet. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, <laughs> while I was at uh, Rockhurst, I interned in the governor's office so for governor carnahan in okay his, in his kansas city office i'll be darned yeah so th- that was that was i've always been interested in government yeah yeah uh after undergrad i went to mu so i came to the truman school for my master's in public administration uh-huh. and i got to intern in osage beach oh and wow. so it was supposed to be three months yeah and I just, I fell in love with local government. Okay. And even in Osage Beach. <laughs> even in Osage Beach. And, and so, it, it, it was during the summertime, so Yo, you know, okay. it's... okay. <laughs> Party Cove. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, but, uh, it, I, I didn't go home. So, yeah. after the three months was up, I, the city manager said, hey, do you want to stick around? So, mm-hmm. I, I stayed for another year. Okay. So, I, so I worked as an intern for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And... From there, I you know I was hooked. Yeah, and so my 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 first real job in local government was with uh, Fulton, Missouri. Okay, so I was the assistant to the director of administration, mm-hmm. Bill Johnson. Uh, he just recently retired. Yeah, just just I think he's back interim for a while. Is there someone said or maybe not? But uh, but yeah, just literally just retired. Yeah, yeah, and Bill was awesome. Yeah, and so uh, while I was in Fulton, you know, I got to work on some community development block grant projects, and I was in the uh, Carver Park area. Hmm. And so it was the the effect that we were able to do when we we demolished homes, mm-hmm. we rebuilt homes, uh we cleaned up the park, hmm. uh we put in a resource center. Uh we did so much that was impactful for that neighborhood mm-hmm. that you know, I knew this was my profession. Yeah. Uh so from Fulton, I went to Ferguson as the assistant city manager. Mm-hmm. Worked in Ferguson for about 6 years, then became the city manager of Berkeley, mm-hmm. Missouri. Yeah. Uh, from Berkeley, I went to Illinois, so I went to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was the city manager in uh, Richardson Park, Illinois, for about six years. Okay. Uh, during the time when I was in Richardson Park, uh, we had the unfortunate incident that happened in Ferguson again. Where, um, oh, yeah. So, uh, so after after that incident, I, I, I needed to come back to Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I applied to be the city manager. Uh, came back to work uh, three years to kind of help move the city forward to try to put together some processes and policies that would make uh, the city successful. Yeah, 
Yeah. And looking back now, uh, as you sort of look back at some of the things you tried to put in place, uh, uh, do you see Ferguson making the, the progress that you hoped it would? I, I think the, 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 the hard part for Ferguson is financials. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's expensive to run a city. Yeah. And when you look at some of the, some of the things that are put on by the Department of Justice that, you know, you know paying for a monitor, paying for a lot of those processes. Yep created a lot of inequities in the community that hampers his ability to move forward. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the stuff that was intended to do good has actually done more harm in some respects. In some respect. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I get what the federal government was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of times if you're, when they come into force change, which may be needed, yeah, yeah. they should also be prepared to provide some services to support that change. Yeah, yeah. Because if you want it to be sustainable, mm-hmm. you know, it has to be supported. Yeah. It's probably, uh, I, I would guess it's hurtful for you if you have some affinity for, for Ferguson, but the Ferguson that we see on the news is not the Ferguson that uh, you knew, I would guess. Absolutely not. Yeah, so unfortunate. Yeah, and, and it's it's unfortunate because what you saw in the news was three blocks of mm-hmm. community, yeah. not the entire community. Right. And most of the trouble it was really caused by outsiders. Is that correct? I mean, uh, you know, there were a lot of people that had nothing to do with the past, the present, or the future of Ferguson. And, uh, you know, and that did a lot of damage, I would guess, over the years. Oh, well, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of interest <laughs> to make yeah. sure yeah. that uh, reform was occurring. And sometimes it's, it's easier... It's easy for someone who's not part of the community to think they believe they know what's best. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to being part of the community and being able to understand mm. how can you put those changes in place. Yeah, well put. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, the opportunity opened in Columbia, Missouri uh, to become an assistant city manager. Is that correct? That is correct. And uh, tell me about that. What, what attracted you to Columbia? Well, so, you know, I've, I've always loved Columbia. Mm-hmm. And. No, the uh, and I've actually applied for this assistant job a couple of times. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. all right. So, so you wanted to get back here. I did. Yeah. And so uh, when this opportunity came um, came in place, you no, know, no, I applied, and I I really didn't think I would get the job because mm-hmm. again, I've applied a couple of times. Yeah. And they were looking for somebody who was either an internal candidate or someone who's worked in a big city. Yep. Uh, and so what brought me here is I I look at what I've been able to do in smaller communities mm-hmm. where we don't have the revenues. Yeah, we, the resources. We don't have the yeah, resources. Yeah. And then I looked at what they're doing here. Mm-hmm. You no, know, when I was in Ferguson and other communities, we talked about building houses or trying to find developers to do low-income houses. Mm-hmm. In Columbia, they're building those houses. Yep. And they're doing, you know, solar panels on those homes. They're they're doing those things that you want to see done in your community. Yep. Uh, e- even when you, when you look at, you know, our police force as... As negative as people can be about policing. Oh, yeah. Columbia's police, for the most part, Mm -hmm. I mean, the officers do care about the community. Yeah. The officers want to see positive things occur. Yeah. The the officers want to be engaged. Mm -hmm. No, no, there's always knuckleheads. There's always those officers that you look at and say, hey, 
Yeah. But for the most part, the officers that I've talked to, mm-hmm. you know, they're excited about seeing reform. And they're, yeah. they're excited about walking with residents and saying, how can we make it better for you? Yeah, yeah. Do you find yourself in a position where you have to defend? I mean, I mean local government, uh, especially municipal government, is easy to pick on. You know what I mean? Because there's always a – everybody seems to have a Ph.D. in, <laughs> in, uh, in uh, uh, city management, uh, with uh, the armchair city managers. But uh, um, do you find yourself, uh, particularly when it comes to police, that you are more at, more – more often defending our police department and saying, look, these guys, they're doing the right things. You do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you, you find yourself at a, at a, sometimes at a crossroads because there, I mean, there are reforms that you know need to occur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you understand what resources you have and how the best way to implement those reforms. Yep. It's like the, we had the discussion of the school resource officers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, the amount of people who are so against it, yeah, but really don't understand the positive impacts. Mm-hmm. Yep, and yeah, the, there are there are definitely bad resource officers, and there's officers that can create havoc. Mm-hmm. But the same token, there are resource officers that are that conduit to help that young person understand a policing, yeah, understanding what their rights are, mm-hmm. and can be that that pivot that protects a young person who doesn't have anyone else to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I think there, there's, there's opportunities for people to learn, mm-hmm. but we always have, we have to be open to look at other sides. Yeah. I think that when you come from, and I, I just know from my own kids experiences, uh, uh, in with school resource offices, but you know, if you come from a home that has had negative reactions with the police, but you're spending eight hours a day in an environment where the, the guy in the police uniform or the woman in the police uniform is fun and, and tells jokes and high fives the kids and, and has a positive interaction. It, I think it slowly starts to sort of change the way you, you view, uh, law enforcement. And, you know, I, I would guess that that is, uh, I, I have never, you know, been in that position, of course, as a middle-aged white male, but, but I, I would, I've just seen in, in just, my involvement in things in the community that sometimes this has a very positive impact absolutely yeah yeah good well good um so when you look at uh your first three months on the job and uh i i will tell you first and foremost that nobody envies you okay so anyway you 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 have some sympathy enjoy it while you can um what what are the things that have maybe surprised you uh, the most about uh, the uh, when you assumed your responsibilities? What what's been sort of a surprise? Well, I for for the most part, this community has been extremely welcoming, mm-hmm. and it's I I know a lot of times in local government you have people who automatically because you are who you are yep. they don't like you yeah. And I haven't found that here. I've found, hmm. for the most part, citizens have said, welcome aboard. Yeah. We're happy you're here. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate the things you're working on. Yeah. We appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. And even when we disagree, I, it's not that visceral. Yeah. And so it, it, that's been really amazing. And yeah. I, I'm, 
thankful. Well, yeah, well, give it some time. As a former county commissioner, I, they will learn to hate you the way that, <laughs> the way that uh, they hate all public officials. But anyway, it is. Uh, but yeah, your your day is coming. But it's. it's I, I'm pleased that the welcome has been so strong because you're replacing a guy that was deeply entrenched in the yes. community, deeply entrenched in, in in city government for many, many, many years. And so, in some respects, uh, you are an outsider. And I've said on this program, um, though you have you know some 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 time here in Columbia, I have said on this program that. You know, Columbia sometimes is not very welcoming to outsiders, mm-hmm. and so it's uh, so I'm glad to hear that you've had the opposite experience because uh, I think that's that's pretty important. When you look at sort of the to do list uh, every morning when you get up, wh- what would you say are some of the the long term challenges? What are what are the biggest challenges uh, you're facing as city manager of Columbia? Probably the 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 biggest is our employee engagement. Yeah, it's yep. you no know, we're we're down 200 employees. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to fill a lot of my department director level positions. Yeah. And so it's looking at how do we bring people in who are talented, mm-hmm. who will care about the community, yep. who will affect change. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to hire a body just for the sake of having a body. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that if you bring somebody on board, they understand the culture of the community and they understand how this community needs to operate. Yeah. And so probably that's that's the hardest part is reaching out and actually reaching our employees and saying, okay, how do we recruit new employees, but how do we also keep our current employees? Yes, that's right. It's been well reported, you know, by by media sources uh, that uh, there is some uh, some level of dissatisfaction uh, among the rank and file in city government um, and uh People working in, and I guess maybe any company could certainly say that. I'm, I'm sure they, they were the, also that way of Boone County government. But, but what, um, what do you think is the underlying cause? I mean, if you were to sort of look at the, the root causes of why, uh, employees, uh, at the city of Columbia are, are not satisfied or, or so many are not satisfied, I should say, because there's probably a lot of people that love what they're doing right. and, um, are very engaged. Uh, what, what do you see as the root cause for some of that? Well, I'll say, there's probably two folds. One, we're not competitive, and from a salary standpoint, from a, sal- from yeah. a salary standpoint, uh-huh. no. It's it used to be if you worked if you worked in Columbia, you either worked for the university or you worked for government. Yeah, and we didn't have to compete. Yeah, but we we have to compete. Yeah, and, and we used to say, well, our salaries aren't the greatest, but we have great benefits. Yeah, well, now the private sector has just yeah. as great as benefits as we do. Yeah, the Veterans United, the equipment shares of the world, they've, they've changed all that. They have. Yeah. And, so, and so when you're looking at what they're doing, mm-hmm. we have to realize that we have to do better. You're competing for the same people. We're competing for the same people, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and the other part is just the civility in, in the <laughs> local government. Now, yeah. people aren't nice to our employees. Mm. And so when people come to the council meeting and they're upset and they're frustrated and they yell and they scream about how bad the employees are yeah the the, the person on the line who's doing the work mm-hmm. they feel that yeah and so we have to do a better job of talking to our employees and make sure that they know that they are appreciated yep yep and that they maybe understand the somewhat unusual circumstances at which they're interacting with people who might be their neighbors for all they know absolutely and, uh, yeah and so yeah i think there's just a general sense of hostility and a lack of civility and in, in, in really most of the world and so and of course that always trickles down to uh the people who sometimes make the mistake of answering the phone absolutely you know so uh when we come back uh, we'll continue our conversation with uh DeCarlin Seawood, who is the city 
City Manager of Columbia. We have a lot of things to talk about. We're going to talk about the greatest opportunities ahead. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about the use tax that's coming up. And, and we'll talk about some of the other issues, including roll carts and trash, which I'm sure Mr. Seawood is excited to talk about uh, on this program. But all of that is coming up and more. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Glad that you have tuned in. Uh, we are visiting with DeCarlin Seawood, who is uh, Columbia's new city manager. He's been on the job for about three months now, and we're we're talking about all the the uh, the fun things that he gets to encounter. We talked about challenges. What do you see as the greatest opportunities for Columbia? When you kind of look uh, out at the horizon, what what could Columbia be in your mind? Well, you no, know, with the university, with the city, with you know, some of our other partners, you know, it's we have the opportunity to. Know, really be a leading part of you know, any type of industry, mm-hmm. especially with development. Yeah. Now, now the university is really working hard to do a lot more in some of their processes. And so as as we grow, as the city grows, you know, that's one of the things that we have to be mindful of. Yeah. Is, you know, how do we grow to make sure that we are enhancing those prospects? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, you know right next door here we have uh, uh, expanded headquarters for a company called Beyond Meat, uh, mm-hmm. which you know was you, you know is taking that uh, the, the those experiments from from the academic lab and and putting it out into the marketplace that really uh, can contribute in a significant way to Columbia's economy and and uh, so we have a few of those things going on. It seems like the university in recent years has become a bit more savvy about yes. how they do that and and so they're paying closer attention and. And they're not as greedy as they used to be, so they're they're not wanting to take a, a such a large percent of of uh, what uh, the the product uh, is uh, going to generate, which which is um, which which is interesting. But um, so the one of the things I want to ask you about, and it's not on it's not on this list of questions that I, I told you I was going to ask you, but you know, and maybe you don't agree, but but I have this opinion, and I think uh, a lot of people have this opinion and and i've been publishing magazines in this town for 30 years and i probably have written about this maybe 20 times but we have a very ugly community from interstate 70 and you drive down uh close st louis you you start to see towns like wentzville and lake st louis and and o'fallon really have very attractive gateways in into their community Mm -hmm. and but columbia you see the back of trailer parks you see the back of warehouses you see the back of car lots uh you just don't see a very appealing uh view of of the city, and I and I think that Columbia really has the potential of being a world class city. I think it's got all of the elements, you know. But 
is it, have, have you ever thought about, well, what can we do to make Columbia look a little more attractive from Interstate 70? Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of part of some of the conversations that are that we're having. Mm-hmm. So when you talk to MoDOT about, you know, when they go in and they actually start working on redoing 70. So mm-hmm. what does that mean about the interchanges? Yep. And how do we improve those? And how do we make them look more attractive? Yeah. Uh, when you look at the properties around that, you know, is there something that we can do with developers to make sure that as they're building, they're building something that's inviting? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's those conversations that are that are occurring yeah. but they have to be continued. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um so any other opportunities that you see out there? We talked about the university and and sort of that that transfer of technology from the lab to the marketplace. Uh anything else that sort of gets you excited, gets your juices flowing when you think about the future of Columbia? Well, you know, it's you know I, I look at just how we're growing. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's interesting now every council meeting there's a there's a new project on the agenda that's annexing so much land mm-hmm. to bring in so much housing and so it's knowing that as this community we we are we have the ability to grow and we are one of the fastest growing communities in Missouri mm-hmm. and so from from a city standpoint we need to make sure that we understand what our growth patterns are yeah and we need to understand how that's going to affect you know our transportation, how that's going to affect our roadway, how that's going to affect our infrastructure, how are we going to make sure that as houses are growing, that we have the commercial development to support those houses. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think the opportunity to be that example for how a community grows yeah. and provides the wraparound services for that growth, I think we're we're here. Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, surprises me—it surprised me as a as a county commissioner uh, when I uh, really started to understand infrastructure and and sort of some of the things that uh, were required because of development or or just required for any type of growth at all. But uh, sometimes our infrastructure is lacking, and I know that uh, one of the biggest problems we have in in, in the southern part of the city is really uh, sewer capacity. I mean, we just don't, uh, you know, it's a very desirable area to live, but uh, if you want to build a house on open acreage in the south part of the city, uh, you got to come up with an alternate plan because there really just isn't that much sewer capacity to, to take on uh more of that but how would you what kind of grade would you give overall infrastructure when you when you look at road sidewalk sewer utilities uh, you know electric uh what what kind of grade would you give our city from your vantage point because it, ultimately it's going to be your problem <laughs> so, uh, what kind of grade would you give the, the the current state of infrastructure well you know I, and i i had that question with the uh with our utility director mm-hmm. and so his statement is our our system is reliable uh, it's, okay. it's, it's, is that uh, as much confidence as you wanted? No, he said it's strong. Okay, yeah, I mean, okay, the, good. You know, I mean, for the most part, you no, know, we we have a great system. It's it's it provides the service that are needed. Mm-hmm. Now we do have to be aware of how we grow. Yep, and we have to make sure that as we grow, we are either adding on or we're making sure we're right, making the right connections mm-hmm. that will enhance our systems. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know, I've I've toured the sewer plant, I've toured the water distribution center, and it's impressive. Mm-hmm. And, and and you look at what we're doing and how, you no, know, you know, it's funny. And I listen to people talk about well, I don't drink the water because yeah, yeah. But you know, when you when you know that there's a guy who every hour on the hour is taking samples and mm-hmm. making sure that the water is clean and safe for us. Yeah, you no, know, it's impressive. Yeah. 
Uh, it's interesting, you know, Eagle uh, Bluffs with the, the, the uh, I can't remember what it's called, the wastewater treatment, you know, uh, reservoirs that they have down in, in McBain. Uh, I think that was 1989 when we first started really talking about that in this community. And, and I think people would be surprised to know that the affluent that goes from our treatment facilities into that uh, is actually fairly decent quality water. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're really, we're doing, uh, we're doing some pretty remarkable things when, when you think about it, especially compared to other states and, and other countries. But, um, the one of one of the things that I'd like to ask you about is just uh, when you you look at um, uh, the, I, I don't really know how to word this, but when you think about that proverbial can that's been kicked down the road, you know the the project says that you know oh I'm gonna let someone else worry with that because I I just don't have the resources to deal with it. Um, what what is that can? Uh, what is that issue that we have been avoiding that we're gonna that's gonna come home to roost that we're gonna have to address sooner or later? Well, I wouldn't say that they've necessarily been kicked down the it can't been kicked down the right. road. I know I think there's there's projects, there's issues that are so complex mm-hmm. that you no, know, it takes time, it takes planning, it takes understanding in order to get your hands wrapped around it. Yeah. And so you know, one of the issues that we, we know we're gonna have to deal with or get in front of is our homeless population. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's it's growing and mm-hmm. you know you 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 walk downtown or you drive downtown. You you see people sleeping outside of storefronts mm-hmm. or sleeping uh, outside at the the bus station, mm-hmm. and we we have to figure out how do we put things in place to better assist those who are most in need. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, I think people think it's an easy fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it, was, if it was an easy fix, it would have been done by now. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 so complex yeah. because there's just there's just so many different there's so many different levels of homelessness. Yeah. You know, you have the the family that unfortunately because someone lost a job or someone missed a rent payment, and so now they are they've been kicked out and they need to find a place, so they're staying in a hotel or mm-hmm. the, or you have the person with mental health issues who really can't sustain a job or can't sustain that ability to take care of themselves. Yeah. And so it's how do we provide services for that large uh that large amount of citizens with so many diverse issues that we have to try to address. Yeah. You know, I think that there are undoubtedly people that are homeless because they have made some bad choices, some bad decisions along the way. But interwoven into that problem is mental health, as you say. Uh, and the challenges, I mean, I just, I don't think, I think people often underestimate the challenges of breaking out of the cycle of poverty. Correct. And it is, uh, it's, you know, as much as I'd like to say, pull your, 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 your boots up by the, uh, pull yourself up by the bootstrap or whatever, uh, is the term. Um, it's really not that simple and it's pretty complicated. And, uh, do you think just, you know, one of the, I think probably one of the most prevalent issues in homelessness has to deal with mental health and, and the, the amount of services that we have available to people living here in Columbia and Boone County. Um, do you, what is your current assessment of of uh, mental health services in this community? You you've been several other places. What when you look at Columbia, uh, what do, what do we need to do? Well, you know, I I think you know we we have the capacity. Mm-hmm. Now you you have Burrell, you have Phoenix, you have Compass, you have those organizations that are providing those services. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to figure out how do we connect those in need 
to the service providers. Mm-hmm. And so you know, those are some of the things that we have to work on. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's another, uh, that additive of, you know, how do you pull yourself? You have to learn to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yep. But it's hard to pull yourself up by your bootstraps if you don't have boots. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and so it's understanding that, you know, mental health is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. But there's other things that people need. Now, there's, you know, it's how do we get people to jobs? Yeah. And so when when you get to that place of, where you don't have a home, you don't have an address, and you got to go out and fill out that fill out that application. It's well, where do you live? Well, I don't have an address. Yeah. And so where and you know people you know you have you, you know you go in for an interview and you haven't showered. And, yeah. And so it's it's understanding that we have to provide for those as well because sometimes it's not mental health; it's just opportunities. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we can put those right opportunities in place, hopefully we can get somebody that assistance yeah. that they need. We've talked about it a million times on this program, but I think some of the, the issues that keep people in poverty, uh, one is uh, quite often a uh, a lack of economic opportunity within our central city, mm-hmm. uh, where, where a lot of folks are, are living, uh, lack of reliable, affordable child care, uh, lack of good, reliable transportation, including public transportation. Yes. And uh, and then, of course, um, uh, just, uh, a, you know, no inventory of of uh, what we call um, affordable housing. And I think that we're 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 kind of beyond talking about affordable housing. I think that we probably need to be talking about workforce housing. Uh, and I think they're two very different things. Uh, but, um, you know, what? And let's talk about, uh, you know, there's, it seems like the, one of the hot issues in the mayor's race here in Columbia is, um, uh, public transportation. And, you know, I, I live on West Broadway. I see those buses going by empty all day long. They're huge buses. Uh, it doesn't seem very efficient, but I mean, if you could wave a magic wand and fix public transportation, what would you do? Well, what we need to, and this is going to sound bad. Yeah. And, and people are going to be mad, but we need to study it again. Mm-hmm. Now we, we need to figure out, a who's riding the buses or who needs to ride the buses and b where do they need to go yeah and you no know, we need to build a system that will get, take people where they need to go mhm uh, no like you say you see it going down west broadway but it doesn't go to our industrial park yeah so or, yeah we're not taking people to the employment hubs or for second shift or for second yeah. yes yeah and, and so it's understanding what the needs are and then trying to build a system that will actually actually assist people yeah no but for the city the hard part is we're down drivers no the the drivers that we have well they're working double time they're working extra shifts uh they're they're on mandatory overtime because we can't recruit it we can't find drivers yeah and i think that the federal funding also sort of uh, reinforces bad behavior i mean i think that the the we have these great big giant buses because that's what the federal government will reimburse us for and, and help subsidize and, absolutely and that that's great in a big city but in a small town like columbia it might be easier to have a minivan driving people around and getting them from point to point and be a lot more efficient you know and certainly better for the environment but we are visiting with the carlin seawood uh, columbia city manager when we come back from this break we'll talk about uh, the use tax that's going to be on on Tuesday's ballot coming up, and then uh, we'll also talk about the city council and mayor's races as well. All of that and more coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. Jimmy on the TV 
This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. Uh, I'm Fred Perry. We are visiting with DeCarlin Seawood, who is a Columbia City Manager. I uh, took the job in January. Uh, still in his honeymoon period, but uh, I have a feeling that's getting ready to end. But uh, we do have elections coming up on Tuesday. Uh, probably one of the issues that uh, uh, is uh, first and foremost on your mind is this idea of a use tax, which I think um, I was part of a very unsuccessful effort four years ago to pass a use tax in Columbia, and, and we failed. Um I think that it is a complicated subject for people to figure out. Correct. Uh, if you were to dumb it down as much as you could uh, for our listeners and just the general public about uh, why this use tax is important to our community, what what would you say? Well, dumbing it down, that's, that is a hard part. Yeah. Uh, so what, what you have is, unfortunately, brick-and-mortar stores have to pay sales tax, mm-hmm. and they have to pay the, the the full sales tax for the state, the county, and the city. Yep. Online sales, which comes out of the state, they pay the state sales tax, which would be the use tax, Mm -hmm. but they don't pay the county or the city. Mm -hmm. And so right now you have this unfair advantage where the online sales, the out-of-state business, Mm -hmm. has a a greater advantage than our brick-and-mortar stores. Mm -hmm. And so you start seeing... Brick and mortar stores close. Yeah, you start. Well, what, what we've seen is you've seen more people go to online sales as opposed to going out to the store, and especially during COVID, a lot of people decided yeah. that it's easier to shop online yep. than it is to actually go to a store. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that affects the business. That affects our revenues. You now, this community, our largest part of our general fund revenue is sales tax. Yep, and so this use tax. It's just that. It levels the playing field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any idea what kind of money it'll generate uh, over the course of the year? I know if you ask, if you make the mistake of asking the state treasurer's office, uh, you uh, you get a very confusing answer. Yes. Uh, so what, what do local people think that it actually could have the potential to generate for our local governments? So what, what we did was we looked at a number of cities that had the use tax, and we looked at what the difference was between their use tax and their um, sales tax. Oh, and, yeah. it was, and it was about 10%. Yeah. So we're wow. guesstimating that it would would probably bring us in about five million dollars wow okay that's a much bigger estimate than it was four years ago so yes, that's sir. that's really that's something um so i think a lot of people want to know well how are we going to spend the money well what, what can you tell them yeah so no it's it's we'll use it like we use our general fund revenues mm-hmm. uh, so our general fund mostly goes to public safety yep. that's police and fire mm-hmm. it goes to streets uh, and then then it goes to some of the others in other parts, but majority of it would be police, fire, and street. So we're, if we look ahead, we're looking at opening up two new firehouses, and that means we're going to have to hire 24 new firefighters. Mm-hmm. This will help pay for some of those jobs. Yep. Uh, we know people are asking for more police officers. Mm-hmm. This will help us bring on additional police officers. Okay. We know people are looking for us to do more on our streets. And so this will provide some funds to do some more street improvements. Mm-hmm. And so ideally, that's our plan is to use those funds to fix the things that need to be fixed. Yeah. Okay, good. I um, When you uh, take a look at uh, 
uh, one of the other things that I want to kind of just get your, your take on, um, uh, is, uh, the American Rescue Plan money. And that just kind of came to, to my mind because there's been some debate over it. There, um, I think a lot of local governments are trying to figure out how to spend this money because it's one-time money. Uh, it, it could be transformational money in, in some respects. So the city of Columbia received, uh, 25 million this Correct. latest round. Uh, the county of Boone received about 35 million. Uh, so together they have about 60 million dollars. I don't think there's been a much discussion about collaborating and spending that money together for larger projects i would would assume just based on past experience <laughs> not at the moment okay very good um so when you look at that um that 25 million dollars setting there and there have been a few decisions made about how to spend some of that but it's largely undecided what, what as a city manager what, what would you like to see that money spent on wow yeah uh, so when, when you when you look ahead, you look at what are the things that we really need to do that we can't do, mm-hmm. and so this this money gives us that opportunity. Yeah, and so we we talk about, you know, how do we deal with our homeless population, mm-hmm. and we know we need to build some type of facility to assist people mm-hmm. and you want a facility that's not just a facility but also one that has those wraparound services mm-hmm. and so if we look at what we we're currently paying out our general fund revenues to for those wraparound services and now if we can use the the american rescue plan money to build the facility or facilities mm-hmm. because it may be more than just one facility because yep. we need we need that drop-in center we need transitional housing we need no, those that things are going to allow for those different opportunities. Mm-hmm. We need a place that's going to feed people, mm-hmm. and so you may have multiple facilities. And so this is something that we can use these funds, and hopefully we can partner with the county to build something that would be transformative. Yeah, I mean, when you put your money together, I mean, sixty million dollars uh, could be generational change. I mean, this Absolutely. could be something that would would last for generations, you know. And so uh, there's a real opportunity there. It's complicated and unfortunate. It's political. You yes. know what I mean? And you have a lot of people, uh, competing for those dollars who, uh, have very strong opinions about, uh, uh, where those should go. Uh, speaking of strong opinions, uh, uh, on Tuesday, you're going to get a new mayor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have two new city council people. You may have, you know, definitely have one new city council person. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, and this is something that has sort of bubbled up in this conversation about staff morale in the city mm-hmm. and, and sort of the role. We have a, um, uh, I guess what, what you would call a city manager form of government where, uh, we have an elected mayor, elected council, but really the city manager, uh, runs the community and, and everything that the city council, um, and the mayor wants, want to see done. They have to, they have to empower the city manager to make that happen. Uh, and, uh, it has to go through the city manager. Uh, that has not always been the case. And, uh, and there's some history of that, uh, without pointing fingers or naming names, but, but that has been a challenge, I think, for city managers of the past and for department heads, especially of the past, uh, that have had to sort of deal with, uh, sort of what I would call rogue, uh, city council, uh, members who uh, want a certain thing done. Um, so tell me, how how will you manage? I mean, you're brand new on the job, and, and I don't want you to make these people mad because they are your bosses. Uh, but how are you going to manage that relationship? Well, and I think it's about, it's about building that relationship. It's about having those conversations. And so one of the first things that we've already asked for is 
sometime in May, we're going to do a council retreat Mm -hmm. and we're going to sit down with the city council. We're going to talk about governance. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about roles and responsibility. We'll talk about how do we work together in order to be in order to be uh, to make sure that we can get things done. Yeah. I mean, the councils they're I mean, they're they're the policymakers. They set policy. They pass the budget. No, no. They ensure that the things that our citizens want get done. Now it's they they hire the manager and the manager runs the day to day, but you no know, the policymakers I mean they set policy so let's sit down and let's talk together about what policies we want to set and how do we want to see the city move forward yeah and I, and I you know I I believe that if you if you build those relationships right if you have those right conversations if you work together you can be successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it's really about empowering the people that you've hired uh, and letting them do their jobs. If, if there's something, uh, you know, whether it's uh, uh, wanting to reach a certain amount of sus- uh, sustainability for non-traditional power sources or, or it's about the homeless situation, mm-hmm. I mean, there are people that are perfectly qualified, that are skilled uh, to sort of make those things happen. We just let, we got to let them, uh, we got to give them the resources they need to make it happen. Correct. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a tough one to manage, and and I, I hope you're successful because it's it is uh, it is challenging. Um, give us a quick update on the airport. That's uh, that's one bit of good news that's uh, coming down the pike. Yeah, so that's exciting. Uh, in fact, we have. I want to say it's April twelfth mm-hmm. that we're inviting citizens to come do a walkthrough, and so you no know, the the development is is moving. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it, it's amazing to just see. All the the has as it's being built and as they're you know going from you know a plan or a concept to actually having you know everything on the roof. Yeah, and so uh, I, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, and it's you know it's even though when you know, when United said, well, we can't sustain, so we're going to pull out. Mm-hmm. No, American uh, they they lowered some some. Uh, some some in flights, but they've also started. They've, but yeah. they started to add back. It'll come back, yeah. And it has, yeah. And in fact, you know, we look at our employments or deployments. We've actually had more this time this year than we did last year. Oh, really? Okay. And so so it's a positive. Yeah, that's good. Uh, right now, uh, some of our airport people they're actually at a conference and they're they're meeting with other airlines to say, you know, how do we get you to come to Columbia? Yeah. And so you know, it's. We've got a good track record. I mean, we we really over the last ten years we really have proven our worth. Absolutely, know? yeah, yeah. And it's you know it's it's neat to be able to you know drive twenty minutes to, from your home to the airport yeah. Yeah. as opposed to drive two hours to St. Louis or yeah. Kansas City. Yeah, you got it. Okay, the most difficult uh, issue of the uh, of the year. What are you going to do about trash? Uh, <laughs> so rural carts. Uh, the you know the, the council has uh, placed an issue on the ballot for uh, August, correct? They, no. But they have not. Okay. What's going to happen in August? So so here's where we're at. And so at the so we have a, we had a, a petition that was issued to the city council. Mm-hmm. And so at the next council meeting, they have two choices. They either can Repeal play, the moratorium. They either repeal, okay. them, repeal the moratorium yeah. or... Ask the voters to repeal the moratorium. Or, or ask the voters to repeal okay. it. So right. what are they going to do? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's up to the council. Yeah. Uh, if you could, uh, if if it were not up to the council, then if it's your responsibility to, to, to go out there tomorrow and fix it, what would you do? So one of the things that we're going to do at, at the May 2nd city council meeting, mm-hmm. we're going to talk to the council about alternatives. Mm-hmm. We'll look at you know, where we came from. Uh, where we're at and where we believe we can go. Yeah. And it's looking at you no, know, 
It's looking at the bag system. It's looking at road carts. It's looking at maybe a hybrid. It's looking at different opportunities to see exactly how can we actually provide this service to our residents. Yeah. The other thing we need to do is we really need to talk to our residents. Mm. We need to really engage residents to see exactly what their thoughts are. What are their needs? What what do they want to see in a system? Yeah. Uh, the benefit. For you sure this, you want to do that? Well, no. It, <laughs> the benefit for this community yeah. is that we own the landfill. Mm-hmm. It's it's our we own the landfill. It's our utility. We can we can do some things differently than if it was somebody if it was somebody from the outside. Yeah, yeah. You know, if we didn't own the landfill and we had you no know, allied or waste management or any other service, then we would be subject to what they want. Yeah. As to 